Hello, Bold Bakers. Welcome back to Need to Know, where each week we serve up conversations about the hottest trends and takes in baking. I'm Mia Brabham, host, entertainment expert, and pizza pursuer. And I'm here today with professional chef, cookbook author, and host of Bigger, Bolder Baking, Gemma Stafford. Happy Mother's Day, Gemma. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. I just realized this is my first Mother's Day. Oh my oh gosh. Oh my gosh. This is huge. I, I I just literally when you said it, I was like, why is she saying that to me? And I was like, oh, yeah, I've got a baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, oh. George, that cute, that cute little thing crawling around your mom. Oh, oh my gosh. How I does am. it feel after one year? Like um, <gasps> it feels good. I you know, it's like he sleeps through the night. He's a really good baby. But like he's at the age now. So he's he's. um. 15 months he is so he loves to put stuff in stuff so like you know everything has to kind of have a home and like he'll find something and put it in something else but like I'm in my flower pot out in front of my house today I found um the top of a rose that had been pulled off and a sweet potato (laughs) and in in with all my cookbooks there was a tennis ball and uh, I was I went into the dishwasher the other day and there was fridge magnets and um, I think lollipop sticks or something like that. So it's just he you find the most random stuff in places and you have to just like Kevin's like, have you seen the pen for my iPad? And I was like, no, but I'm pretty sure I know who does who, who knows where it's gone to. Do you have a favorite moment so far where it's like the funniest thing that's happened? And you really got a glimpse into kind of like George's personality as he's growing. Oh my gosh. You know, so he does have a really good sense of humor. <laughs> he's that really makes funny. sense, honestly. <laughs> he's so funny, but um he like he spends his day running around the house. So this baby doesn't cry. And I knock on wood, the baby doesn't cry. In in his wow. lifetime, I have seen he's cried. A hand, tears a handful of times uh, he runs around he spends his day running around the house laughing and r- r- like oh y- yesterday I heard Kevin say come back here to me and I heard George's little feet running and he, <laughs> he ran past the door and he had my uh, my iPhone in his hand and he was just like running around the house laughing knowing that he's not supposed to have my iPhone Oh, my that's God. pretty much the majority of the day is one of us chasing him while he's running along with something that he shouldn't have laughing Oh my gosh, what a baby. I, I'm so excited to see him grow and to see just you grow more as a mom too and Kevin as a dad. It's just, it's so fun to watch and um, I'm excited to see, of course, what George is going to eat too. So that's going to be fun. Uh, but shout out to all the moms out there listening to the podcast. Happy yeah. Mother's Day to Happy you. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to your mom, Mia. Happy Mother's oh, Day. Thanks. In Ireland, our Mother's Day is in March. Oh, so it's a different time. Yeah, our Father's Day is the same as the United States, but our Mother's Day is different. So we already had ours. So wow! Um, but and I'll give a shout out to my mom anyway. Oh, my, she's the best. Hi, shout out <laughs> to Patricia <laughs> as well. Um, so before we get into the show. I, of course, want to give a shout out to a podcast listener. Every week we do this. And this week we have 46 Roses and they left a really nice review. And they said, I'm so excited about Gemma's podcast. Need to know. I love baking yeast spreads of all kinds. And I'm really looking forward to trying out new recipes and getting how-to hints and baking tips from the best. That's you. 
Oh, that's lovely. Did she say from the best in all cap locks? Because that's kind of important. <laughs> she didn't. I added the emphasis for you. Oh, so well, thank you. I, I think that's what it. she meant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like, like she shouted it, you know, <laughs> from <laughs> the rooftops. It's like, wow, she really meant that. Um, that's really sweet. 46 roses. That's a mm-hmm. nice, that's a nice username. I know. It's so lovely. So yeah, thank uh, you so much. That's really nice to hear. Yes. Thank you. And you know, if you leave a review in all caps, we might read it on the show. So go ahead and do that. Rate us five stars and um, we can shout you on the show. So I'm very, very excited about what we have to talk about this week, Gemma. Are you ready? Hit me. I'm ready. All right. Let's hop in. This week, here's what we have hot from the oven. So surprise, Zoe Zaldana, she makes a pretty dang good looking pizza. I'm kind of shocked. So she posted a video of herself and her partner making pizza from scratch with the caption, hashtag Saturday calls for hashtag pizza. And I should agree, like we should have pizza Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I sent you the video to watch. I cannot wait to hear what would you rate Zoe's pizza? So I had a little sneaky peek at this video. Um, I know her from Guardians Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Kevin, I went to go see that movie with Kevin. Um, <laughs> the pizza looks really good. It, it looks um, so she makes it in like a legit uh, pizza oven. It looks amazing. Yeah, and like she got like the crust is nice. It's 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 decent crust. She did she did. I would say that is a an seven out of ten. Um, it's pretty the good. one thing I find a little bit distracting is that her boyfriend is behind her the whole time <laughs> <laughs> kissing her with his arms around her while she's trying to make something like automatically I go to what are you doing I'm trying I'm in the middle of cooking stop, stop that <laughs> I can't do anything if you've got your my arms around me <laughs> that's so funny I had no, the same looks- reaction very very dreamy and then a kiss at the end it's very dreamy very very like just lovely usually when when Kevin and I make pizzas uh he's we're like he's in the kitchen like usually we have sangria or wine or something and Mm -hmm. like he's sitting there chatting but he's not sitting there with his arms around me so I can't (laughs) make pizza but it looks to be fair to her it looks really good and to her boyfriend Yeah, I was surprised, honestly, at how good the pizza looked. And I had the same reaction. I was just kind of like, I don't know, is this about the pizza or is this about you and your partner? Which one is it? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good question. Do you know what I have to say, though, that I do like? Do tell. This this is um, this is a very small detail, but for those of you like who know me you I, I love my food and I love other women who love food and this is so bizarre and I'm probably only psycho for noticing it but the pizza pan that she used to bring the pizza outside to cook the pizza off yes. has already been used a few times like it's um it it's it has wear and tear on it so that just says to me that like she does make pizza on a regular basis or like they do have pizza nights you know what I mean and like that's pretty awesome that is awesome. That, that pan is not brand new. <laughs> so is, is this the kind of wear and tear where Zoe needs to listen to our last episode about spring cleaning and when to get rid of pans? Or no, is ma'am. this good wear and tear? It's good wear and tear. Just wipe Love that it. off and put it back in the cupboard. That's what I do. <laughs> oh my gosh. Good to know. Good to know. So <laughs> now that we're just talking about pizzas, what is your favorite pizza styles? Because I know you've made a, a ton. 
But do you have favorites? Style of base, do you mean? Or like the toppings included? We can do both. Let's do base and toppings. So like dough type, like whether it's like deep dish or like thin mm. crust, um, New York style. And then tell us your favorite toppings. So I'd say my favorite is probably the majority of people's favorite, which is like the Neapolitan style. Mm-hmm. Uh, so big bubbly crust. I'll tell you what oh my, my pet peeve though is when you go to a restaurant, you pay now pizzas are $28. You pay $28 for a pizza with very little toppings on it and they don't go all the way to the crust. So you end up with tons of crust and very little toppings, which yeah. drives me doolally. But anyway, I do love... Um, <laughs> Wait, say that again? It drives you what? Doolally. <laughs> I've never heard that. I'm going to use that. Wow. <laughs> Uh, it just drives me crazy. Like that's just another word for crazy. It drives me crazy. Um, but uh, so I love Neapolitan and my favorite pizza has always, ever since I was young, my favorite pizza has been a mushroom pizza. So anytime mm. I go out, one of my favorite places to get pizza in LA is Pizzana, which is run by my uh, person, my, my very best friend, Candace Nelson. And mm. um it is an amazing pizza place. They do Neapolitan style. They have um, a chef from Italy making their pizzas and he's incredible. And oh they um, they make an amazing mushroom pizza, which is super delicious. But when I'm at home, what I love to make is I make my own mushroom pizza and I make it with mascarpone. So if you ever have mascarpone on a pizza, it is next level insane delicious it gets really creamy it bakes really soft it's just amazing and then I I do that with my my mushroom mix my mushrooms are already cooked off it's a little actually I'll I'll come back to that tip in a minute mushrooms already cooked off with garlic and thyme and yummy stuff salt and pepper mascarpone and um and an egg in the middle when it comes to putting Mushrooms on pizza, people, everybody out there, cook your mushrooms off beforehand in a yes. little bit of oil and cook them off beforehand. Don't slice your mushrooms and put the raw mushroom directly on the pizza because it doesn't cook and it goes really dry. So mm. cook off those mushrooms beforehand and you will um, it'll make all the difference to your pizza. Okay, that that's good to know because I do not like mushrooms on pizza that are raw. Oh. My favorite, I love them cooked to like, not a char, that's like a little aggressive, but I like them super cooked, crispy with pepperoni and spinach. Like that is my favorite. It's so good. Spinach? Oh, that's kind of funny. Okay, I I, I do like spinach on pizza. Spinach. But it's a little bit weird. Like, so I'm a huge fan. So when we order, when we order New York style pizza here to the house, when Kevin and I just want a big old pizza uh, with loads of cheese and like you know the big New York slice kind of ones. Um, we get pepperoni. Oh, wait a second now. We get pepperoni and mushroom. And that that combo, I just love that combo. Um, I also love Hawaiian pizzas. I, oh my gosh. Because yes. Kevin loves Hawaiian pizza, so I always make them for him. But I always like chop up the mushrooms. Re- sorry, mushrooms. I chop up the pineapple really fine. I chop up the ham really fine. And it just like is a super delicious pizza. That sounds so good. I also think, how do you feel about honey as a topping? So um, in Pizzana, they and in another place I'm trying to think of I think it is Roberta's in New based in New York but they have one here in LA uh, do pizzas with spicy cured meats and honey on top and I would say that is up there with my top three favorite pizzas I adore 
adore it. Honey on pizza is incredible. It's superior. I think oh, it's, it's, it's one of just next level stuff. It it truly, truly is. Yeah. I honey is my absolute favorite. Hot honey, especially. Oh my gosh, with a little bit of a kick. Um, but okay, let's stay on the topic of pizza, but just switch it over just a little bit. So I've been watching this really, really, I mean, in the best way, trashy Netflix show. I mean, it's my favorite. It's called The Circle. Oh, it's a reality me. show. And one of the contestants, they're basically in pods and separate apartments doing their own things, competing in a social media game that's like on the TV screen. So they never really meet each other, but they're competing to be like the top influencer. And one of the girls, Chloe, I'm not kidding, Gemma. She has pizza for dinner one night and she cuts her pizza with scissors. Like she doesn't have a roller. She just straight cuts it. And I was shocked. I was like, I rewinded it. I was like, am I imagining things? But then I realized this is kind of clever. So have you ever cut your pizza with scissors? So I'm not sure if they do it in Italy, but that (laughs) is, but that is um, how a lot of people cut pizza. And it's also, so you can get, you can get a special type of pizza scissors. It is how people cut pizza in a lot of uh, pizza restaurants here in the United States. And I went to it, the first time I saw it was, I don't know, like around 10 years ago. And I thought it was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. But yeah. now I see it in more and more places. I Personally, I don't want scissors to cut my pizza, but it <laughs> is it is a thing. And I feel like, I don't know, anybody listening who is Italian or has Italian heritage, I'm not sure if they do that in Italy, but I know that it is a thing here. And, and you have mm. special scissors to do it. But I would still prefer just a regular old um, pizza cutter. Mm. And speaking of utensils, do you have any favorite kind of kitchenware or utensils when it comes to baking pizza? Like, do you need a pizza stone? Do you need a pizza oven? What do you think? So you don't need a pizza oven. That's a nice to have. If you have a luxury of having one of those, then it's awesome. My absolute go-to is, and I've had this for years, is a Nordic Ware um, flat iron griddle and grill. So it's just, um, it's just a 12 inch round, really heavy duty piece of, uh, aluminized metal. Mm. It is nonstick. It is, uh, it doesn't rust. It doesn't chip because it's, it's heavy metal. It is, I've had it for uh, almost 10 years and I use it all the time. Every time I make pizza in my kitchen oven, I slide that in and rather than using a pizza stone or using, um, like those different types of, of like cast iron skillets, I slide mine in on my Nordic wear flat iron top. And it is Ooh. insane. You need, when you're making pizza at home, you need your pizza to go from the oven into, sorry, from the kitchen into the oven onto a hot tray super important because pizzas cook so fast and if you don't do that the base doesn't have long enough to crisp in the oven so because they're in there for like what like eight nine minutes maybe ten minutes something like that so you need to transfer it uh, onto a hot uh, flash straight away and this Nordic Ware flash iron that I have conducts heat really well so it's piping hot it's preheated it's piping hot when you slide your pizza dough on there and it's just like it gives you amazing results and it gives you that like that lovely pop that you get from your pizza crust all the bubbles and everything so that's that's my that's my favorite tool and i i am 
I was looking at it on Amazon recently. They're only 30 bucks. They are Not bad. Uh, yeah, no, they're re- I've had it. Um, somebody gave me a, v- a voucher years and years ago when I had my catering business and I went into um, what was then Sur La Table and I got it for myself as a gift. And I... It's my favorite piece of kitchen equipment, like not even just pizza, my favorite piece of kitchen equipment. And it does such a great job that for the longest time with my pizza oven, my um, one that I have out in the garden, I wasn't able to get my pizza crust crispy on the bottom and I couldn't figure out why. So I started putting that flash iron into my pizza oven, getting that nice and hot and then still sliding my pizza on top of that. And that would crisp the bottoms of the pizza crust. Wow. Wow. There you have it, listeners. Things you need to know. I don't know. I just <laughs> learned a lot. But what's new? I'm always learning something. That's amazing. Um, Let me tell you one more, Mia. I have another yes. one. Um, there is a really good... Um, I, I love... There's these little round pizza cutters from OXO and they, they have no handle and they're just round, but they're really easy to roll to cut pizzas. So something like that, like it's a little OXO cutter. They're really handy. They um, have no than, handle? They have no handle. So it's just this little round rolly thing. Yeah, it's really cool. Wow. Those, those I feel like too. I would cut my fingers off. Maybe those are for experts. Can noobs use those? Maybe you shouldn't use it. <laughs> I really feel like I cut off a finger. <laughs> So I'll pass. I'll stick to the one with the handle, but good to know. I'll work my way up to that. Um, And I'm glad you brought up catering because we're going to talk about this. So we talked a little bit about Netflix too and reality television escapism. And I have a question. Have you ever seen the show Marriage or Mortgage? Um, Super random, but Kevin and I ran out of shows to watch and I saw (laughs) one episode like two nights ago. That's also how I fell into this. So you only saw one episode. I only saw one episode and you continue and then I'll give you my two cents worth. Okay. So this is, well, first of all, what did you think of the show? I'm just curious. Kevin said, I didn't hate it. He looked at me afterward and ended. He said, I didn't hate it. And I looked at him and said, I didn't love it either. (laughs) Um, I, I, you know, so um, you know, the two girls or the two ladies that were like, you know, one of them is the real estate agent. The other one is a wedding planner. I wasn't really vibing on either of those. Um, yeah, I, I didn't think I didn't think it was very exciting. Yeah, it's very low key. I had a very similar reaction. I was like, that was a time. Three word reactions. That's when you know a show is just fine. It's good to put on the background. It's good to watch when you run out of shows. Um, And so you don't worry. I asked because you're not missing anything. But I did want to talk about episode three today. I only think I got like six in. But on episode three, spoiler alert, I'm just telling you, a couple visits a shop named Ivy Cake to find their dream wedding cake. And they're presented with two tier cakes and then cupcakes, and then this huge faux multi-tiered cake. And it's like five layers. It has a terrarium in the middle. It's insane. And so they ask how much it is. And they're like, this is going to be $2,000. And they're like, we cannot do that. What else can we do? And they're like, well, we can make this faux and then give you 
the the cake, the fake cake um, for 600 and then you can have a sheet cake in the back. And so we'll roll it into the back and then we'll cut the sheet cake and people will think it's the big cake. So I wanted to ask you about this because is this normal? I mean, I think it's kind of smart, but that I also was like, do people do this? So what do you oh, no, think? That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. You you buy those in um, catering shops. Uh, you get foam. They're foam circles, uh, different sizes for different tiers, and the more usually. Honestly, when you see big extravagant cakes like that, the majority of the time when the when the couple cut the couple knows cut into the top layer because that's cake or whatever, and they don't cut yeah. the rest of the cake. So then they wheel the cake away after the, the couple have taken out a slice of fresh cake and then they, they cut up sheet cake in the back of the restaurant. This is what 90% of caterers do. So that's what the majority of wedding cakes are, is, is fake cake. 90%. I need, to, I need a second to process this, Gemma. I always just thought wedding cakes were real. And I'm kind of sad about this. Like, it's not that big of a deal, but I just was like, oh my goodness, it's yeah. fake. <laughs> but Mia, take a step back. You told me there was a terrarium as one There's, of the tears on the cake. Yeah. So now imagine that being real cake and soft squishy cake been held up by little dowels and then there was a terrarium in the middle does like if you just if you, if you kind of just click you know a light bulb shall go off going on a second now something's not right there it seemed it was it was too much but i mean honestly i believe anything's possible after andrew smith was on the show and literally made a cake with like an actual rotating blade in the middle i was like people can do anything like this is crazy, but I mean, it's just, it's insane. They also had a ranch fountain at their wedding, which I thought was insane too. Um, that was pretty fun, but I'm excited because I did want to go more into catering and I know you had a catering business. Um, did you ever cater to weddings? Or I, four did, weddings, I, I did make a wedding cake when I was younger. I did in Ireland. Um, it was a croc en bouche. So, which is a, a very classical French wedding cake. It is um, a tower of profiteroles, usually filled with pastry cream and dipped in caramel and then all stuck in a cone. Oh my goodness. Yeah, croque-en-bouche. I should, uh, actually, I'm trying to think now what that translates to and I'm not thinking of it off the top of my head. But um, yeah, I, I remember, I was, I was probably around 22, 23 when I made that. And my mom... Um, which was a long time ago. My mom still laughs at me because I charged the the um, I charged some six hundred euros. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! When you're starting out, pretty, you really just which was pretty well. It was pretty cheeky. Like I, I like, and they they paid it. They were totally fine with it. So, um, but yeah, yeah, no, I did. I did, but I didn't cater weddings. I did mostly um, things like that. Oh my gosh! Do you remember picking out your wedding cake? I made my wedding cake. You did? Yeah, we did pavlova with berries and uh, stuff because I love, I love pavlova. Oh my gosh. That sounds amazing. We're, I'm going to have to find a picture of that. You'll have to send it to me. I really want to see it. Um, but I mean, since we're talking about weird things too, Gemma, I have to tell you, I want my wedding cake to be like a giant PB&J. Like I want peanut butter and jelly style cake. Is that even possible? You think? Do you mean... You, st you style cake like you want it to look like a peanut butter and jelly or you want it to be made of peanut butter and jelly? I want it to be made of peanut butter and jelly. That's not a cake, Mia. That's just peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> I had a peanut butter and jelly donut the other day. So I'm like, why not have a peanut butter and jelly cake? 
You could if you want. Yeah, you can. Like, I mean, you can do like jam and like a peanut butter mousse and stuff in the like. You can do that flavor, no problem. Yeah, somebody will do that for you. Okay, this is good to know. I won't do it for you, but somebody will. (laughs) I was like, I if you if my dreams are going to be crushed, I want you to crush them now and say this is not possible. So I'm glad to know that someone out there can do it. It's it's possible. That's great. Um, Okay, so in other news, Italy is considering putting a ban on gelato that's pumped with air to make it look fluffy. Uh, And vendors can face a fine of up to 12 grand, $12,000 or 10,000 euros if this happens. So my question for you is, is this a bad thing? Like, is it a bad thing to pump gelato with air because isn't it just air or like, what's the deal here to listen? (laughs) That's so crazy. Um, Nick, I don't, uh, I'm also, I'm not like hardcore, like I'm not Italian and I'm sure maybe if you are a a hardcore like gelato maker, like I could see how you would think like that's cheating, but I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know you could like, maybe is this like with the churning or something like they're getting more air in there? Yes. I'm not sure. Yeah. But I, I, I I don't know. Like it just makes it look even more appetizing. Like, is that really (laughs) like finable? Is like, you know, that's a lot of money. Like just to put a bit of, to fluff up your gelato a little bit. I mean, it's not really hurting anybody and like, it's still going to taste good and looks even better and it's nice and soft and fluffy. So, I mean, if you think, if, like, I don't think they should be fined. I think they should be rewarded for creativity. Hmm. That is a great take. And honestly, I think we just need our Italian fans and cooks and chefs and whoever's tuning in to just really give us their opinion on this episode. Because at this point, we've talked about gelato. We've talked about pizza. We need to know your thoughts and what you think. Um, because this is very interesting to me. I had the same exact thoughts. I was like, I don't know. Is it a bad thing? But who knows? I think it'll still be tasty. Maybe it won't be as rich or something. I don't know. Um, But they're also thinking about banning ingredients like artificial flavors and colors as well as part of this legislation. What do you think about that? I'm not opposed to that. I Mm -hmm. stopped... um, I stopped using food coloring. uh, I wouldn't say exclusively because I still sometimes use red food coloring. Um... I stopped using the majority of it um, a few years ago because I just got turned off by it. I just felt Mm. like so many things. This was the craze of like the unicorn craze on um, online on YouTube. Every time you turned around, there was like a a rainbow cake and like all of these kinds of things. And I just became I just got really turned off by using food coloring. So I I stopped using it. I only rarely now use red food coloring. I also, mm-hmm. the reason when I stopped using it, I decided I would try and make my own. So I made my own with um, fresh ingredients like blueberries, turmeric, and um, beets, whether like juice from beets or even dried beets rehydrated makes like really good red color. And so there's, there's alternatives and and I prefer to do those often though. If something has to be dyed, I often nowadays won't, won't even make it. Wow. So I'm not opposed to that at all. I, I don't, you know, like have I eaten plenty of food dye in my day? Like, yeah, probably, you know, like there's, there's, there's food dye in so much food, you guys, that we don't even realize. Like you're thinking mm. things like ham and like things that you're like, why, like, why is there food dye in like these very, ba- in these like basic everyday ingredients? It's like, well, that's what they do. Um, wow. 
so you know we are we are consuming it but i would prefer to maybe if there was a different route i would try something else so you said that you sometimes will still use red. Why red specifically? For for red for um, red velvet cake. Mm, to give it yeah. that rich that rich yeah. rich hue. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, this was super interesting. I was like, I don't know the answer to this. It could be so many different answers. Um, but I mean, now you can just add artist honestly to your repertoire of all the things you do: cookbook author, host, artist. Like literally coming up with like beats as coloring. I would never think of that personally, yeah, Gemma. That's so really hats off school. to you. <laughs> oh, but that wasn't me. Like that, that's been done a very long time. And um uh, it, it has like you know when you're you know when you cook with beets, you're not supposed to touch it, like you know, be careful of your chopping board and your hands. Yeah. Because it gets everywhere and it stains. Well, that's why you use that lovely color. It it gets really vibrant. I will give you a little bit of um a, a little note on the red velvet cake that originally it didn't have food coloring in it and it was the chemical reaction with the buttermilk and the baking soda and the cocoa powder that gave the cake already had this kind of red hue and that's and so then later so so later in years when um as time went on, people started adding food uh, red to it to make it even more red. But the cake without the red did have, because it's a cocoa cake, did have mm. this almost kind of reddy hue. So originally red velvet never had food dye in it. Whoa. I know. The more you know. <laughs> yeah. Mind the more blown. you know. Holy red velvet. That's amazing. All right, Gemma, should we move on to fan questions? Go for it. Let's do it. Okay, so life of an immune suppressed mom. Happy Mother's Day to you. Asked, should we activate instant yeast like dry yeast? Is there a ratio difference? Um, so I think she, there is a ratio difference. I think she's saying, do you activate instant dry yeast like the way you activate active dry yeast? And the answer is no. With instant dry mm -hmm. yeast, and that's what I use in all of my recipes. So if you're following one of my recipes, you add your yeast, which is instant dried, straight into the flour. You don't have to hydrate it in water. You don't have to activate it beforehand. It will work perfectly just mixed into your flour. She, um, what she's referring to is active dry yeast, which has to be activated in liquid and then add it to your flour. If mm. you don't do this, it might not work. Um, now, I'll let you know that I have used active dry yeast before by accident, used it in a recipe and I didn't um, activate it and it still worked. So that was a bit of a shocker. Oh. But um, the, so there's that, that, so, so you do, sorry, you don't have to, you don't have to activate it. And then the other question was, is there a difference? Yes. The, um, I don't want to get this wrong, but, um, is it instant active? It's three quarters of a teaspoon of instant dried yeast to one teaspoon of active dried yeast. So there is a, mm. there's a, um, 25 percent 25% difference there is that, that um, instant dry yeast is three quarters of a teaspoon and active dry yeast is one teaspoon. So you will have to calculate down if you're going from active yeast to instant yeast. Wow. I'm a fountain of knowledge. 
What else? What else do you want? What other random stuff do you want to know? <laughs> you really are. Every week, I feel like this is class, and I'm just the teacher asking you the question, and you nail it. You just show up, show out everybody else. Wouldn't I be the teacher if that were the case? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. But I'm just saying, you know, in class, you ask a student and you're like, you're not going to know the answer or something. Not that I expect that of you, but like literally ask and then you just know it. And everyone's like, whoa. Pew, 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 pew. Anyways. Um, OK, so you suggested a while ago that you might have a try at making the Geordie bread. Gemma, did I say that right? Called a study. Is this still likely? Jim Frey asked this. Did I say that right? I have no idea. Say what is it? They said you suggested a while ago that you might have a try at making the Giordi bread. I, I don't do know what not, that is. Honest to God, what I that don't is. know either. I want to look it up. I'm like, is this a thing or was that a? Do they have a typo? Maybe Giordi. Let's see. How do they spell it? It's yeah. I literally don't know what this is. It's G E O R D I E. I've never heard that for my life. <laughs> Me either. Okay, we're going to figure out this, what this is. Jim, let us know um, if that's really what you meant, and we'll try and look it up. But let's just ask another fan question. So Jennifer Bonner Davis asked, why can't I ever get Swiss meringue to stiff peaks? Oh, my gosh. Um, you know... Swiss meringue can be so temperamental. Like I personally, I've a recipe a recipe for it on biggerbolderbaking.com. I've made a video mm. for it. I personally don't use it because it can be so temperamental. So I use buttercream, um, which is just much more sturdy. It's you're kind of guaranteed like the same results every time. It's easy to mm. decorate, easy to pipe. Um the it's hard with Swiss buttercream because it's whipped and then you have a butter in it and it like weighs it down and then sometimes it goes to the fridge and it goes soft oh my gosh like I'm not I personally would stick to buttercream like why you can't get it to sweet peaks lots of the time it's the temperature and you have to keep it really cold so mm. put it into the fridge get it cold and then take it back out and whip it again and then maybe it should whip up stiffer at that point I remember that from when I made it amazing good to know there you have it uh so Gemma I think that does it for this week oh wait look we have some notes Geordi bread is also known as Stadi bread or Stadi cake, question mark. Does that ring a bell? No, it doesn't. (laughs) I'm going to look a picture of this up. I'm like, what is this? Who knows? So Gemma, are you going to make it if you have no idea what it is? Like, would you just go on and look it up and then try and make your own version? I'll look it up and like look into it. I I don't even know. Like, I've never in my life heard that. So I'm sorry, uh, but I will, but I, I, I do always like love suggestions from fans and that's where like a lot of our recipes come from. So like for sure, I'll look into it and see what the deal is. Ooh, so I have a question. I have a fan question. Have, what is your process when a fan asks you to make something and you have no idea what it is, um, but you're like, okay, I'll try and, and make it. What is your research process? Do you look it up? Do you look at a few different sources or do you ask maybe one of your friends their tips on making it? How do you go about it when you have no idea what something is? Um, I usually put the word into Google and then Google image it. That's, that's my process. <laughs> and then you um, bake it just from the image? <laughs> no, um, I, 
So I, I do when it, when something, when I get a recommendation, so we take down, so myself and the social media team, when, when people suggest stuff to us, we have a file where we keep all the suggestions. I will go through that every so often and just like look through. There's some really great suggestions there. And some of our biggest videos have been fan suggestions like Ooh. mug cakes and uh, no machine ice cream have been all fan suggestions. So like I have to give wow. like the bold bakers like mad props for like, you know, coming up with really good ideas because like if you think about it, they're telling me exactly what they want. I'd be a fool not to listen to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so but I, uh, we, when we, we keep a note of what they recommend, um, I research it and um, somebody on the social media team will like, sh- will look into it and share a link with me. And, um, usually I will run it by the rest of the team when, when we go to do our bulk shoots and, um, yeah, so we take it, we take a lot of it into like great consideration because who knows better than what they want than the people themselves who, who are consuming your content. <laughs> this is true. That's very exciting. So you all heard Gemma keep leaving suggestions. That's pretty dang cool if I say so myself. Um, so very excited to see what fan suggestion you whip up next. But I think that does it for this week, Gemma. Do you have anything else to add about pizza, gelato, Jordy um, bread? <laughs> Georgie, I'm going to have to look into that one. Uh, pizza. No, we just did pizza on my Amazon live. For those of you yes. listening who don't know that we do Amazon lives, we do every week. So um, keep an eye on social media because we always uh, post that out there. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's the only platform that I go exclusively live on. So you're not going to want to miss that. And we shop and we talk and we have fun and we laugh. Last week, my food processor wouldn't work. And I had to get Kevin to come from behind the camera with a baby <laughs> strapped to him trying to get me to, uh, to work. So you can catch that on. If you go to Amazon, you go to the lives, you can go to Bigger Boulder Baking and you can see all of that unfold. But yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. Amazing. So if you're out there listening, if you're watching, let us know how you feel about this show and this format. Uh, you can reach out to us anywhere and everywhere at Bigger Boulder Baking. And don't forget, we're just starting out. We're still kind of a new show. Can you believe it? We're seasoned professionals. But because of this, be sure to subscribe, rate the five, the podcast five stars wherever you listen, leave a comment with what you want to see next, whether it's for this show, whether it's for one of Gemma's recipes. And if you're watching on YouTube, yeah, just leave a comment and let us know. Again, I'm Mia Brabham. You can find me on Instagram at yours truly. Mia on Twitter at Hot Mess Mia and Gemma, where can we find you? You can find me at Gemma underscore Stafford on Instagram, Gemma Stafford on Facebook, and Bigger Boulder Baking on all platforms. Awesome. 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 Well, thanks for tuning in, y'all, and we will see you next Sunday. I cannot believe it's May already. Oh, crazy. <laughs> see you later, Mia. I look forward Easy. to chatting again. Easy.